0: Hello, my name is Sarah, and I am your Chakra Coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. Well, hello there. Welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here. And I hope you're happy to be here too. I was away for part of last week, so I'm still catching up on emails and messages. If I haven't gotten back to you, I will. I promise. And if you want to get in touch, please do. I'll get back to you as well, no matter when you're listening. I had the opportunity to go to a spiritual destination last week, uh, Sedona, Arizona, which is said to be one of the most energetically charged places in the world. I spent a lot of time outdoors, hiking, grounding myself, being in nature, and visiting energy vortexes. I am always reminding you and myself to do self-care, and this was a trip I planned for just that reason. But self-care doesn't have to be a a big thing, right? We can engage in our self-care practices at home. In fact, we have to because we we can't really be on vacation all the time. And while trips and getaways are great, they aren't a substitute for our regular practices because vacation means we're relying on things outside of us to make us feel good inside. And it works. It sure works for a little while. But for long-term peace and happiness we have to develop tools that we can use in our daily lives, not just on special occasions. Which, of course, leads us right into our second Niyama. If you're not familiar with that term, here's a quick background before we get too deep. We're in a series right now studying the various parts of the Ashtanga Yoga spiritual path. Reminder that yoga here doesn't mean poses or vinyasa or flow or whatever you think of when you think of a yoga class. This is an entire mind-body system, of which that's a part, but just one part of the eight limbs of the path. The first part is the yamas, a set of five guidelines for interacting in an ethical, authentic way with the world. We covered those in episodes 90 to 95, so if you'd like to check them out, go for it. The second part is the niyamas, a set of five guidelines for internal work or personal work. Last week, we covered the first one, saucha, which means purity, getting our minds and bodies ready for spiritual pursuits. And this week, we're on to santosha, which translates to contentment, contentment, peace. It's not extreme, it's calm. Contentment has to come from inside, in my opinion, to truly be contentment. External things make it easy for me to feel happy or joyful or even sad or angry. Contentment, contentment feels different though, doesn't it? That sense that all is right, that we're not emotionally disturbed by things, that we are one with or a part of whatever larger picture we connect to. It's a feeling that is fleeting a lot of the time. We feel it for a moment and then it's gone. We remember our personal frustrations or injustice and suffering in the world and we're no longer content. I don't think that contentment is a default state for most of us. And in some ways, I think that's good. I mean, that's probably not very yogic of me, but without discontent, we wouldn't change things. We wouldn't explore new things. We wouldn't look for more in our lives. If I was too content, I wouldn't be looking to make the world a better place. I'd just sit back and enjoy my contentment. However, I think it's also possible that we do these things from a place of inner contentment, not relying on the outside world to be perfectly calm so that we can be perfectly calm inside. Let's dig a little deeper on that. We tend to give other people and events a lot of credit for how we feel. It's, It's third chakra, solar plexus chakra stuff. We don't take ownership of our emotions in a lot of cases, or even our thoughts. We've talked before about how we have thoughts running through our heads at all times, and mostly we're totally unaware of them. They are the stories that we tell ourselves that we've been telling for so long we don't even notice that we're telling them anymore. The thoughts that we've had for so long that we think they're absolute truth. These are really prevalent in our feelings of self-worth. If for some reason we got it into our heads that we are not valuable, that we don't matter, that we can just live in our heads and our hearts, you know, and it just repeats on loop, and that feeling of not being valuable informs everything that we do, even if we're not aware of it, even if we intellectually know It isn't true, and we we love little quotes about how we are enough. You know, whatever your underlying beliefs are, they are why you respond emotionally the way you do. So when someone says or does something, we react. We have a thought or opinion about what happened, and that's what causes our emotion. Not what they actually said or did. Does that make sense? the difference can feel really subtle. And you might even be thinking that no, no, that's not how it works in your case. But we know it is because we all respond differently to the same situation. If we all operated knowing the objective truth, then we'd all have the same objective, truthful response. But we don't because we filter every scenario through our beliefs developed over time. So the niyama of santosha encourages us to develop a strong, abiding, lasting sense of contentment inside, and then our reactions and responses come from that place, that intentional place, rather than our unconscious beliefs about the world or about ourselves or about how someone else should think or act. Santosha is the centered feeling, the grounded feeling, the place that allows a little space between events and our emotions. Emotions aren't bad. Of course they're not bad. And every emotion that is available to us can be explored, even the ones we we generally think of as negative or uncomfortable. Santosha is the anchor inside, the contentment, the appreciation and recognition of every moment of the present. There are lots of quotes about contentment and what it is. Uh, Falling in love with your life, staying centered, feeling peace in all places. And I think an important component of Santosha is that living in the moment feeling not ignoring the past or future but being fully involved in your own life so much of our time is spent avoiding parts of our life you know maybe a traumatic past or worrying excessively about things we can't control that may or may not happen we even avoid the present by trying to suppress our thoughts and feelings numbing ourselves to the current reality. Avoiding ourselves by focusing on the past or dreaming about the future. And honestly, sometimes that doesn't even make us happy or content, right? We spend time rehashing the past, things that were done to us, that we did, that we feel angry or guilty or embarrassed by. And this, uh, this, this can be useful, I suppose, but only if done with a mind toward increasing our centered feeling now. If you think back, for example, with frustration or humiliation on a time that you wanted to speak up for yourself or for others and you didn't, note that. Note that feeling. Note what happened around the incident so that you'll be prepared in the future. Let it Contribute to your sense of empowerment in the now, that you're more ready now than you were then, more confident, more secure in your practice of santosha should the opportunity arise again. And you are prepared then with a greater sense of self to be assertive. And your future actions can come from that centered place. So you won't have to be angry or aggressive, just centered, and acting from a place of love and kindness and nonviolence. And that's just one example. I'm I'm sure you're thinking of a hundred ways this practice could show itself in your life, right? Anxiety is a form of discontentment as well. Worry about the future, or even about right now, can come from the sense that we aren't or, or won't be able to handle what comes. That we'll be too Emotionally uncomfortable or physically uncomfortable or hurt too much, we won't be able to manage ourselves. It's the what if spiral in so many ways, and it compounds on itself over time. Say you're unhappy with your work environment. Maybe you have a coworker that whenever he's around, he says and does things that you disagree with. Your thoughts around his behavior are angry and aggressive and you're very unhappy. And those thoughts are creating discontented emotions in you. And you think, I should report this. And then you think, well, what if I get in trouble? What if I lose my job? Well, then I'll have to go through the misery of looking for new work. At every step of this anxiety trip, we worry that we won't be able to handle the emotions around the situation. Will I be able to hold it together in front of HR or my boss? Will I cry? Will I look bad? Will the nerves of the conversation be so bad that I won't be able to handle the sick feeling in my stomach or my heart racing? What we're truly worried about is how we'll feel. So we make our decisions in all of life, not just worry for the future. In all of life, we make our decisions based on how we think, doing, or not doing the thing will make us feel. Everything we do, we do because of how we believe it will make us feel. We even do things we don't want to do because we think it will make us feel responsible or noble or like a good person. Santosha asks us to put that aside, to develop such a sense of contentment with ourselves that we trust our ability to handle anything that comes our way. We've talked about this a hundred times on this podcast as part of our lower chakra work, root, sacral, and solar plexus chakras. We develop confidence, but it's deeper than that. It's a deep down knowing that we are balanced and strong and ready. And I can't think of anything more peaceful than knowing that we can do anything. We can handle anything. That we're the kind of people who can be the calm in a storm. And that could be just for ourselves, but also for others. Families have a lot going on. I think a majorly underestimated source of contentment is when we don't spend our time seeking approval from others. When external validation is fine, but it's not the thing that makes us feel comfortable or content. Any of us who are people-pleasers already know that this is not going to bring us peace. For one, we simply can't make everyone happy. Everyone you know and lots of people you don't know have a playbook for how they think you should think or how you should act or dress or do or be or whatever. Everyone has expectations. And maybe you're lucky enough to know someone who, like you, is trying to put aside their manuals for other people and love unconditionally. But for the most part, we all have expectations that we expect other people to meet, spoken or not. And when we don't live up to those expectations... We disappoint or anger or frustrate those people. But here's the secret to Santosha. We have to let go of their expectations for us. It's exhausting to constantly be looking for other people to give you your sense of peace and worth. And they never will because they, they truly can't, even if they want to. And this is so hard Because so many of us get our motivation and happiness from outside of ourselves. We try to do and be something for someone else, hoping that they will love us more or give us more or that their fulfillment will bring us fulfillment. But it feels like a vicious cycle to me. If I'm trying to make them happy to make me happy, are they counting on my actions to make them happy? Are we all constantly looking for someone else to provide what in the end? is going to have to come from inside us because people let us down. We let other people down because we're human and we'll never be able to meet every single bullet point on the checklist. Sometimes we don't even know what the bullet points are and we're just guessing, trying to blindly figure out what will make someone else happy. And that seems like such a nice intent, right? We're trying to help. But since we may or may not know what to do, and even when we're right, we still can't make other people feel a certain way. We're just taking away their own power to find contentment, to find Santosha for themselves. And I don't know about you, but I love the idea of being responsible for my own contentment. Of course, relationships can be a part of that because I get to feel loving or giving. But I get to feel that way no matter what someone else does because I have the inner strength and peace from which all my thoughts and feelings arise. Are you still with me? Yeah, it's it's like a it's like a child or or a pet. We can love them even when they don't do everything right, and we want to do that. So we do. But Santosha can only come when we don't expect others to provide it for us because they can't, because it's not their responsibility, nor is it ours to provide it to others. We can provide that calm place, that open place where it's easier for them to find it through non-judgment and kindness and non-violence and the like, but each person has to practice santosha for themselves. That's why it's a niyama, an internal practice. So what can we do to cultivate santosha? Excellent question. I'm so glad you asked. The first is something you've probably heard before, a gratitude practice, a journal, a meditation. But I want to offer you a, a twist on it. A lot of times we're told to list the things we're grateful for. And that's a great idea. But it's easy to get caught up in external things. Home, job, even family. and We can absolutely be grateful for those things. But what if we took the practice inward? Health. And if you have health problems, which so many of us do can we find something in our bodies to be grateful for? Can we be grateful to ourselves for the active internal spiritual work we do each week, for the self-care steps we take, or something that we do, being grateful that we took the time to prepare and eat a healthy meal? Use your gratitude to notice the things inside or that really focus on you. Again, not that we aren't grateful for the outside things, but in the practice of creating contentment and peace, it's helpful to focus inward. Even very, very simple I am grateful for the breath I am taking. That's a huge one for me, and I try to do it several times a day. I am grateful for this breath and how it calms and resets my nervous system. Try it. Try it this week and see how you feel. Another practice is to stop seeking. Stop looking for external validation. This is so, so much easier said than done. So no worries if it's hard or you can only do it for a moment at a time. That's great. Start by noticing when you're doing something to make someone else happy so that you can feel happy. It's a complicated process, so just noticing it can be a challenge. When you do notice it, see if you can step away from that feeling, even if just briefly, and see the reality of your actions. Write them down or just think on them and start to own your feelings take the power back. If you're upset, know that your thoughts created the feeling and see if you want to feel that way. If so, carry on. If not, can you reframe your thoughts? I will give you a personal example of this that I'm going to be working on for the next few weeks. I'm trying to learn some new tools to manage my stress. I feel stressed, my body hurts, I feel tight, I feel angry, I feel weighed down. My heart races all the physical sensations that come with stress. My first step is going to be to notice and name. My heart is racing. This is what stress feels like. This is my body's response. My heart is pumping blood to my muscles in case I need to run or fight. It's an old system that works very well, but I don't need to do that. Then, I'm going to reframe or attempt to reframe my thoughts around this uncomfortable feeling. My heart is racing and my body is tense. This is the perfect time to use this gift of extra energy. I can do some yoga poses. I can lift weights. I can channel this energy creatively and work on new ideas for the podcast or for chakra coaching. Instead of trying to change how I'm feeling, I'm going to try to flow with it. I don't have to fight my body's natural responses. I can work with them in this case. Now, that might not be the answer to every situation, but hopefully we're starting to learn how we can reframe our thoughts to create a different reality, both internally and eventually externally. And that's how we create our own peace, our own contentment. Santosha. Learning to live each moment as it is. And rather than changing the outside or look to the outside for peace, we look inside to operate from such a strong center that we never lose trust in ourselves. (laughs) Okay, all right, okay, probably never is stretching it a little, but maybe you can see what I'm getting at. This is a a challenging niyama. We live in a world that can be overwhelming, a society that encourages us to never be content, that tells us we always need to buy something or do something to be happy. I mean, isn't that what advertising is really selling? Happiness, peace, contentment? If we just had this one thing, we'd be happy. If we had the right car or smelled the right way or had a perfectly clean house or whatever it is, if we just had it, We'd find peace. And I'd like to suggest, not me, really, the ancient gurus who knew so much more than I do, they knew that peace and contentment come from the inside. And the amazing news is that we can create it for ourselves. We can create Santosha with just a little practice. So that's what I have for you this week, my friends. I hope that all of us will have a more peaceful week ahead as we intentionally and mindfully practice Santosha. If you'd like to connect with me, I am on Instagram and Facebook at Your Chakra Coach. Please, please join me there. And if you need something, just send me a message. Also, if you want to help keep this show going, I'd love to get your support on the Patreon page. Even just $3 a month helps me stay up and running. I hope you have a beautiful, contented week and enjoy your inward journey with this Niyama series. I love you all. Bye.